My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful. We have the right to peacefully assemble. The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. Welcome back. We are back. It is 4 o'clock on this sunny Tuesday. It's not sunny outside, is it, Apollo? Not really. Colorado is letting us down. Letting us down big time. Bigly. It's bigly letting us down. We have a lot to go over today, and some of you had an opportunity before to meet Warner. Warner is an attorney representing Tory. Um, Tory says Tory... Matas. Matas. Um, she is a whistleblower in every step and way. But Warner uh, Mendenhall also represents a lawsuit against Pfizer. This is pretty big. And when we mentioned it before, I said we need to talk about that. Obviously, you guys all know that Pfizer is all over the place. They're advertising, doubling down, doing what the radical left is doing, doubling down on the lies that they tell. And uh, so there's some more information that's come out about this. So without any further ado, let's invite Warner to the show. Warner, welcome to the show. Yeah, good afternoon. Thanks for having me. You know, one of the things I say is that you are a very um, balanced lawyer. Like you, don't let a lot, you don't look like a lot bothers you. I've been through a lot. I've survived it, and we've got a lot more to go through. I intend to survive that as well. I, I know what I'm about, and I've got good uh, support from my family. Thank God. And you represent a Pfizer vaccine whistleblower. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I represent, along with Robert Barnes, who you may be familiar with. Um, Robert was gracious enough to add me to his team, and we have actually added now uh, about 10 other attorneys that have input in the briefing and the strategy for the case. Uh, so we have a fantastic group of attorneys to work with, and Robert has been fantastic in terms of his leadership uh, on this case as well. So, Okay, so I want to go through this. You actually talked to the Epoch, Epoch Times, and, you, and, and this is what you said. This is such a massive case that the payout could be as much as 3.3. I, I had to look at it again. $3.3 trillion, and it would be enough to bankrupt Pfizer. I mean, this has got to be a lawsuit of epic proportion. Well, what the federal, the, we're suing under the Federal False Claims Act, and the issue with the Federal False Claims Act is, as you know, they've already received billions of dollars for their contracts. I think they made about 30-some billion last year. 
So the False Claims Act and the way we come to the three points, three, it's actually a little more, my math was off, it's actually 3.6 trillion. I went back through the numbers again and it's growing every day. But the way we went through that and the rationale of it is the False Claims Act has an incredible penalty provision if we're able to prove fraud in this case. The penalty is $21,000 in my book, arguably, per shot. So you just do the math, 21,000 per shot times a couple hundred million shots just in the United States. And that's where we come up with that tremendous number. And if you think about our, our civil justice system, one of the things that we're supposed to be able to do in civil justice is end corporate lives if necessary. So the goal would be to get a ruling, to get a judgment that would essentially end the corporate life of Pfizer, uh, take its assets, you know, let those assets be bought out in bankruptcy, let the money and the funds be returned to the American taxpayer. Because I think we all understand that this shot did not work as advertised. It's not safe. Uh, it's not effective. Uh, everybody has had the shot and so many of the ones, I mean, I have friends who took the shot. I begged people not to, but they did anyway. Guess what? They got COVID anyway. And I'm, I'm also very worried uh, about people's immune systems. If you have taken the shot, you really need to pay attention to what's going on with your immune system because my fear is that uh, immunity is actually being lessened. The impact on your immune system is really negative. So you are less likely uh, to uh, be able to fend off any future diseases. And I, unfortunately, I think it's not just COVID, it's other diseases as well. Well, we're seeing cases all over the country of people just dropping dead. Pilots that are piloting planes that are dying in midair. Of people that are, you know, standing there just having a conversation, falling over dead. Things that have never happened before are happening right now. And the link to all of these seems to be the COVID vaccine. That's right. I mean, it's absolutely, it's absolutely, uh, you know, the word that I've been hearing, uh, some people call it a genocide and, and Bira Sharav, um, you know, has warned us that this is very similar to the Holocaust. Uh, and some people don't like that comparison, but it is really a complete uh, abrogation of basic human rights here. It's an abrogation of informed consent. Uh, you know, it's treating everybody the same. It's, you know, we're about individual rights in this country, protected by our Constitution. And that seems to have been abrogated by the president and by many of these companies that are mandating shots uh, for their employees. So. I, I, it's the most horrendous violation of human rights that, that I've seen basically since World War II. It's not a, it's not a, a stretch. Now, I, I have to tell you this. You have a whistleblower inside of Pfizer that is giving you inside information about the fact that they had knowledge that it was imminent danger to public health. And, yes. And yet the mainstream media... Warner is out there parroting the same thing, misinformation, disinformation. Matter of fact, on this broadcast, to push it out there onto places like Facebook and Instagram, a thing came up that says, none of the, this is fake news. How do you respond to that? Well, Brooke Jackson uh, is an incredibly uh, courageous young woman. 
you know, she went in uh, and, and she works for the way the pharmaceutical companies work. They have these companies they contract out to to do their clinical trials. In some ways, it's to provide deniability. So she actually wor worked for Ventavia, uh, Ventavia. And they were running a clinical trial in Beaumont, Texas. It had about 3% of the 43,000 trial participants. But as soon as she got there, she was absolutely horrified. She'd had a long career uh, working in clinical trials and managing clinical trials. And everything she saw was wrong. I, I mean, the first and the major issue is simply what's called unblinding. When you're doing a clinical trial, you take one half, you call them an arm, you take one arm and you make sure that they don't get whatever drug you're testing. You take another arm and they do get it, but the people doing the research don't know which arm got it. That's the only way you can get good data is you don't know whether this person before you has had the shot, for example. In this case, they knew. And, and we've seen some weird effects from that. Uh, one of the weird effects is in the, uh, in the vaccine arm, five times as many people were pulled out of that arm uh, as in the unvaccinated arm. That should never be that way. You understand, you don't know which arm. Why would five times more be pulled out of the trial in the vaccine arm versus the placebo arm? Shouldn't happen that way. It should be about the same, very close to the same. So Otherwise you don't have a balanced control group. You don't have a balanced control group. You don't have a balanced test group. It's all, it's all being played. You, we are all being played, folks. I mean, that's what's happening. We are being played. The data has been played with. The data has been, uh, the truth in the data has been subverted. There, and there's another interesting thing, uh, and I could go on uh, quite a bit, but the other interesting thing, so out of the 43,000 some people uh, that in the total trial, there were, uh, there were those who contracted COVID in both the uh, so-called vaccine arm and in the placebo arm, well, it turns out if you just pile everybody back in and don't exclude anyone, guess what? Only a few more people in the placebo arm actually got COVID than in the vaccine arm. You understand? So the, yeah. <laughs> the test group was getting it, but, they, but by, through all this exclusion, they got it down to just 170 people that they counted as included in what their analysis was. And they had, of those 170, 162 were in the placebo arm that got COVID and eight in, in, the, uh, in the vaccine arm. I mean, this is crazy. So the decisions that were made, the data that was presented to the FDA, it's about 170 people. They didn't really look at, you know, they excluded all these other people to get to the number to show the efficacy that they needed to get passage of an emergency use authorization by the FDA. So, Warner, what would you say that the uh, to the, those that would say that the governor government apparatus should be respected? You should honor the government apparatus. I mean, are you feeling that the government apparatus and the FDA uh, signing off on this going to kids, uh, you know, as as young as four? I mean, they just they just did an emergency evaluation and said yes that we're stamping it. We're going to give it to children. What do you say to those people? Well, first of all, to those people, I say, please don't let anyone near your kids with these shots. Please, please, please. This is going to really have a terrible impact on their future, on their fertility. You know, if you want grandkids, don't give them the shot. If you want your kid to grow up healthy, don't give them the shot. I mean, please do not do it. 
we have a captured FDA. We have, you know, there's, you know, there's so many people who have documented the financial ties between our federal agencies and these companies and the revolving doors that are occurring. They leave the FDA and they go work for Pfizer, for example. So we see the revolving door. We see the capture. We see that that Fauci himself and the in, you know, the National Institutes for Allergy and Infectious, Infectious Disease has patents that Moderna is using. So they actually own what they're putting into you guys. So they own it. They're financially conflicted. They're making money off of this thing that is killing and maiming our population and is going to kill and maim your kids. So just stop it right now, folks. You got to stop it and tell people. Um, so that's, I mean, you know, so what do I want to do with these agencies? I want to raise them to the ground. They are, well, they are not trustworthy at all. They have this lost by, my faith completely. This, by the way, is as angry as I've ever seen you get. Like you were on the <laughs> show before and you were calmer than cucumber, but I can see how that you're very passionate about this. Ha, have you lost friends or relatives to getting the shot? Have you ha, that, that is the, the suspected? Answer, yes, the answer is yes. In the first year, uh, three men that I knew had cerebral hemorrhages, okay? So yeah, it is, it's a little bit personal, and I, I'm sorry if I'm getting a little bit heated here, but look, three men that I knew had cerebral hemorrhages and died. They're dead, they're gone, okay? So that was the first thing. I mean, I, I look, I had my problems, I knew there were problems, I wasn't gonna take it, I was telling everybody not to take it, but you know, then I started seeing the damage that's occurring. So the three men right off the bat, cerebral hemorrhages, one was in his 40s, left a couple of kids and a wife at home. God bless him, you know, that should never have happened. And he was mandated by the government to take that shot. He was an FBI agent, okay? So we've got, you know, th this is really, really uh, important. The second thing that's happened in my family is cancers. We've had a couple of cancers just flare up almost overnight and it's just unbelievable i one of the people and I, I won't name names to be specific here but um one of the people had had a completely clean scan had gone in because you know coughing and check they checked her lungs out everything was fine months later uh she has fourth stage uh lung cancer and now she's dead what okay so, yes Now, I want to tell you this. There, there are some in my family who probably don't want to hear this statement on this show because I'm not sure everybody in my family agrees with me that, that I think there is a source for some of these events that are occurring. I mean, to be and we all have this problem in our families. Right. I have family members who've taken the shot. I couldn't stop everybody from doing it. I have family members that advocated for the shot. You yeah. know, but I, the evidence is overwhelming. I'm hearing that cancer story every day, every day. I've, we've got people calling and, you know, telling us stories all the time. It's just craziness. I've never seen this in my life. I'm 60 years old. You know, we are in an emergency and the emergency is the shot. It's not COVID. Well, I want to, I want to talk about this. You talked about mandates being handed down and, you know, I've lost friends. I've lost close friends uh, through this, this COVID deal. And we should never have, and they didn't die from COVID. They died from one had a heart attack, right? Yeah. 41 years old, had a heart attack. One, one literally just went to sleep two days later or got the vaccine two days later, he died. He was just, they, just, they don't know what happened to him. They have no yeah. idea. 
And, you know, he's 50, 51, right? Healthy, works out. So, I mean, I have people in my life that it's affected. My, and, but this, the, the thing that the, the mandating that you're putting in your body, that's the problem that I have, telling you it's going to keep you safe. When if the only person that is going to be adversely affected by not taking the vaccine is the person not taking the vaccine. So right. I should be able to make personal choices, but they, they're trying too hard to shove it down our throats. But this just came in. New York Supreme Court reinstates all employees fired for being unvaccinated and orders back pay. That was in the state of New York. Yeah, that was actually, it's New York City. Uh, so the lawsuit was filed by, by an attorney I don't know. I think you pronounce his name, Chad uh, Levaglia. And I, I mean, it's a wonderful thing. I actually was in New York uh, in the spring. I met some of those firefighters who did not take the shots. I was listening to their stories. And about 1,400 workers, I believe, uh, were fired by uh, Mayor Adams over this shot. And it is crazy, folks, to think about. These are your sanitation workers. These are your firefighters. These are your police. They're in public every day. They worked throughout the pandemic nonstop. They put their lives at risk. They went into burning buildings. They were dealing with bodies on the street. They were dealing with dead bodies. So they had more exposure than anybody. And most of them, I'm sure, had COVID and had natural immunity anyway. And then they put in this stupid mandate, you know, and, and really just, uh, you know, trashed the individual civil rights of these dedicated workers. And then to put insult on injury, and you know this, uh, he made an exception for the stars and the athletes. Oh, la di da, I hate to tell you, but just because you're a star and athlete, your life is not worth more than a sanitation worker in New York City. 100%. Those guys are the ones that make our cities run. They're the ones who actually keep us safe and keep the crap off the street, uh, keep the you know criminals off the street and save you when you're in a burning building or a house. You know We should be doing everything we can and accommodate them in every way we can. And I am so proud of, of uh, Chad Lavaglia for taking on this case because I know the New York firefighters. I know, you know in talking to them, I'm in Ohio. I just couldn't you know, do much up there. And, and I know uh, there, there were not many attorneys in New York City willing to take on this fight. But right now there's 1,400 people that need back pay. So we need you attorneys to step up. And, and help these people get their back pay, help Chad get this case uh, brought to a conclusion. And, and then let's go after anyone else who did this, mandated that their employees did this. This is in, intolerable behavior by, by corporations and by government. Well, well let's, let's go through this and talk about government. These are people that, I mean, Anthony Fauci forced us to close, caused irreparable harm to our children, put masks on our face, even knowing that those masks would not, had zero effect. It was virtue signaling to a whole new level, scared the population to death, much like he did in the early 80s with the AIDS uh, epi epidemic. And here we are all these years later, or all these months later, now getting to the point where they can't contain the truth. And no accountability for those people in government at the highest level of government who swept things under the rug, attacked people with impunity and killed our neighbors, our brothers, our sisters, our mothers, our fathers. Where is the justice on them? Well, it's really going to take a political will. I mean, the people have to provide leadership. We have to vote for leadership that will have the will 
to take on this problem. So we have bioterrorism statutes, and I believe that's what we have faced. Uh, Fauci, you know, had something to do with the gain of function research. This is essentially bioterrorism. So Fauci, we need to look at those bioterrorism statutes and we need to hold people accountable to that. You cannot be releasing this stuff into the population. We need to understand in intimate detail what was going on between uh, North Carolina uh, and, and, uh, and Wuhan. We, we know here in Ohio that Ohio State was involved in this. So the universities are guilty as well they have, they have facilitated the bio-research. They have the bioweapons labs, uh, the gain-of-function labs. The, you know, we need to make sure we get into that, and we need to hold them accountable for doing research that is illegal under U.S. law. And, and that's, that's, how we, that's how we do it. But we've got to have judges and politicians who will call them out and will hold them to account. We need a new Nuremberg trial. They have violated standard moral codes, standard international moral, moral codes that I thought we learned our lesson uh, about in World War II, and, and apparently we have not. So it, it's funny you bring up the Nuremberg trials. There, there's something else, and the fact that the gain of function is not allowed to, ha- to, to occur. Well, I don't know if you know this, but earlier today or, or earlier this week, this is, and Mr. Producer, I just sent it over to you in, um, in Slack, they are government-funded lab in Maryland plans to develop an even more deadly um, monkeypox on our soil. Mm-hmm. They want to develop something that is more dangerous. Let me see if I can find, send this to you. Okay, I just sent it over to you. More dangerous than what they've seen before. Why would our universities... And you have the one in Boston that's working on a virus that killed 80% of the mice that they injected the COVID virus into, making it more, again, more deadly, the virus more deadly. Why would they go through this and, knowing the risks, try to create game of function in order to create a more deadly virus? Why would they be, going, why would they be doing this? Well, I, I mean, I, I, I can tell you what's happened, okay, in, in, in the sense Our research universities, our great research universities that used to do independent research, you know, we have Fauci controlling the the money spigot to them. So if you go along with the program coming out of Fauci, the CDC, the FDA, whatever, that money spigot, he's got control of it. I think it's $30 billion of grants that, that he's got control of. So our academic funding is coming through this, uh, little man uh, who controls the spigot and he's obviously you know doing things wrong he's immoral in terms of what he set up with with wuhan and he's the folks who will go along with him and are accepting the money well they get sucked into that thinking as well this is how it works the ones that could not tolerate it they don't get any money and if they don't get any money they're soon out of the university because they can't fund their departments right so we have to at this whole thing you know the universities you know we have to get back to uh, independent universities that are not tied centrally uh to uh national institutes uh, of allergy and infectious diseases fauci's agency uh we we have to get independent research and we have to fund it differently and we cannot be penalizing people who say want to look at 
oh, let's compare, for example, here's a controversial one. Let's take a population of completely unvaccinated children and compare them to a kid that has the normal childhood schedule. And let's see who's more healthy over their lifespan. There's a nice experiment that I would like to see done. Let's see if there's more autism in the ones that are uh, vaccinated versus the ones that are completely unvaccinated. So we need to we need to do those types of research. We cannot do that now. This episode of Conservative Daily is brought to you by DCF Guns. They're not just a supporter and a partner of the show. They're an organization that is on the front line of promoting safe and responsible gun ownership. Along with being a staunch defender of the Second Amendment, they have a lot of different things inside of their three ranges and stores. So they have a gunsmith at every location. They have the ability to do massive amounts of training, uh, anything from beginners all the way up to uh, competitive shooting. Um, they're also the best gun store in Colorado. Uh, between a mar- massive arsenal of top-tier firearms, competitive pricing on ammunition, they're a go-to resource for newcomers and expert shooters alike. Memberships there start for as little as $25 a month and offer an arsenal of benefits beyond that, such as store-wide discounts and special access to training. Even better, what you're seeing right now is DCF Guns also has an e-commerce option, meaning you can take advantage of the awesome prices without leaving your home. Just visit dcfguns.co and start browsing. I do want to tell you that as a listener of conservative-daily.com, you get an additional 5% off everything in the store. You have to use discount code Joe. That's J-O-E. That's discount code Joe. Go to dcfguns.co and use discount code Joe. J-O-E. That's me. Or it's coffee, cup of Joe. Um, But you can go there and save an additional 5% off every single thing on the site. Um, as always, we'll keep the range hot and the deals hotter only at DCF Guns in Castle Rock and Colorado Springs and now online, available to everyone across the entire country. Well, Warner, what do we do if the government is complicit in the behavior? It's killing Americans. They're committing genocide. doesn't matter if you're black, white, green, yellow, purple, creating chaos on one side. The elections are, are literally, uh, uh, it's like kangaroo court. It's like a banana republic that we can't trust our and you're on both sides you get to see both sides you get to see the data coming out of of tory's case you get to see what's happening in this pfizer case i am super surprised that you are not more jaded than you are because seeing as much as you've seen and being like this is just flat evil i mean how, how do we how do we reconcile this as people without literally going down there with our pitchforks and burning it down i and and that's not i'm not advocating for it i'm just saying there's enough there's enough tension of a lack of care by our government that's bloated that it's well, going to lead people to do stuff like that. First of all, you know, remember where we started. We kind of did this in the last show a little bit, too, that I was on with you. The, what we talked about initially here today, Judge Ralph Porzio just helped to free us with his decision returning yeah. those, those workers to their jobs. So what I see is a bit, we have a system that's faltering to hold on to the democracy, the republic that we are, but we have these courts that are working. So I'm working in one of the areas that is effective and the courts are slow. The courts, uh, you know, there's some problems with the courts. I get, I get that. And it's too slow for all the damage that's being done. And I get that. But they have done a job. They have taken out uh, most of uh, Biden's vaccine mandates, right? The Supreme Court took out two out of three the day they heard that back in January. Right there. 
Are you, our own Supreme Court, which you would expect would be, you know, if anyone has ties and strings and problems, that might be it. They took out two of the three. Now, they should have taken out the CMS or Medicare, Medicaid services mandate. Yes. That's yes. totally wrong. And I don't think they understand what they were doing. Uh, God help them. I hope that as that case comes back through the system, the facts will be presented that they will understand how wrong that is and how deadly it's being killing and maiming our healthcare workers by forcing them to get the shot. So I do think there are pathways uh, to improve this. Uh, and the courts is definitely one of the action, one of the parts of it. The other thing, and you said, why am I not jaded? I have known, I think, you know, most of my life that we were headed down the wrong path. And, and this certainly accelerated under, under Corona, right? For the first time, you know, I was just in Knoxville. I was just in Orlando. I met with hundreds and hundreds of people getting together, figuring it out, figuring out how to help each other, provide services, provide medical care, provide good food, not this junk that they're selling us. Uh, get off your medications, figure out things that you can do to be healthy. And these are God-fearing people uh, from whatever political stripe. These are family-loving people. These are children-loving people. You know, and if we're not about reproducing the next generation, we have no purpose in this country, right? So these, th this is what we're about. We want a new generation. We want a healthy generation. And we are not going to put up with this. And there's more and more of them. So they give me energy to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, uh, yeah. So I want to be really, really clear. I, I play the antagonist in telling you what people are feeling. And you come back and say, hey, look, there's hope. And that gives people the ability to bring their pressure down a little bit. I think the elections that are going to happen on November 8th are going to force us to to look inside and say, what is the constitution of who we are, right? And are we willing to shut things down peacefully, shut things down until the government starts to realize that they don't actually, that it is of the people, for the people, by the people, or by the people, for the people, of the people. We, we need to make sure that we actually follow through with that and that they can hear our voice. And right now, I think most people feel like they're invisible. Um, and so it, it's good. It's good. It's good for me to hear from you that, hey, you're, you're, you feel positive about what they, where things are going. You, they are starting to strip away some of the evil that's in our society, or at least they're having to claw their way back onto it. And then with the amount of people that are awake, I think there's an opportunity for us to win this relatively quickly, not too quickly, because then we'll go right back to it again, but to a place where we can start creating some sensibility in our society. You know, and, and whatever structures we rebuild, because we're going to have to tear these down and rebuild something different, and it's not going to be the new world order and it's not going to be the uh, digital control system that they are heading us toward. It's right. going to be something human, human level. One of the things I know about human beings who are not perfect, we are sinners and that happens. And I don't expect perfection from anybody. And I know we're going to continue to have problems, but we need to learn how to struggle with that and just deal with it. I know for a fact, the people, these brave doctors like uh, Pierre Corey, Peter McCullough, you know, Paul Merrick, uh, you know, from South America, uh, Carvalho, Dr. Carvalho from Argentina. They have crossed the Rubicon. They are, they are on a totally different plane than anybody else out there. They are people we know sacrificed 
in order to try to warn us about what was coming and what it was doing to people. So we know we can trust, we could trust any one of them to be Surgeon General of the United States. We could, we could trust any one of them to rebuild a food and drug administration that actually cares about good food and effective drugs and safe drugs. You know, those are the guys right now I would put in charge of this, uh, you know, of the bureaucracy, I imagine we'll, we'll need some kind of a bureaucracy. And then, and then we need to fix the funding. What politicians stood up? Well, Ron DeSantis stood up, right? Didn't he in Florida? Yes, he stood he up strong, back, back people down. And that was a huge political risk for him. But he, he came through with flying colors. So people like Ron DeSantis, Christy Nome, Carrie Lake, I mean, we see them emerging all over the country. We have women and men that have run for school boards and councils all over Ohio uh, that are freedom-loving people that know we have to protect this. for the, We need to think generationally. We need to think about the next generation. And they're doing it, and they're fighting, and they're winning. And I'm, I'm trying to advise some of them right now about their school board situation or their city council situation. So, you know, it's bubbling up. And, and as people realize that they've been duped, I mean, I, I, it's hard to break through. But once that breaks through, uh, these guys are done. Yeah, but and, and, and I guess that's my fear. And I keep bringing it up every day because I want us to calm the waters. Right now, the waters are rough. They're choppy, yeah. right? Yeah. And there are a lot of people that are out there that have lost loved ones that are tying that back to Anthony Fauci. They're tying it back to the governors. They're tying it back to this, this illegitimate uh, mandates have been putting down on top of the American people. They've lost their jobs. They're losing their pension. Their inflation is taking them out. I mean, I'm throwing it out you, and, and, and you got to be – it's like being hit with a water hose. And then yeah, we have to – I have an answer. Okay. <laughs> Look. One of the major problems, you know, and, and, and what I do for a living is basically I translate violence into a setting where it can be dealt with nonviolently. You know, if we don't have the court system, if we don't have remedies, that's where violence occurs. So, so my job and all attorneys' job essentially is to take, is to take violent thoughts and behaviors off the street bring them into a courtroom where they can be dealt with nonviolently. The problem that we have, of course, these immunity shields are destroying the functionality that we have in our justice system to have a remedy for people. Now the Congress and your state legislatures could fix that tomorrow with the vote. Strip the immunity from all of these countries and let us go at them. So when I've got uh, Ernesto Ramirez who lost his son, who I have talked to, and his 15-year-old boy, you know, I, I can say to Ernesto, we're going to go get him. We're going we're gonna to go get him. We're going to hold these guys responsible. We're going to get their testimony. And uh, we're going to make them cry uncle, okay, at least. And, and then in discovery, we can find out what they did. And if they did something criminal, we can prosecute them. We can hand that over to the prosecutor. And if they plead the Fifth Amendment when we're interviewing them, then we know they've got something to hide, which I imagine is what will happen. So, you know, we have these mechanisms, but the mechanisms are a little bit crippled right now, right? Because they've stripped the, the or they've, they've stripped our ability to hold them accountable uh, and by imposing this immunity under the PrEP Act, under the POFRA Act, going to, under the Vaccine Act, and, and, you know, back in the 80s. So we've got to remu remove uh, those protections from these companies and let us add them. Let the lawyers go get them.
You know, I, and, and it is necessary. And we talk about the Vaccine Act of 1996 or 1986. That's, that's when we started seeing the big spikes in autism, started seeing big, big yep. spikes in, in mental health issues, and the fact that we started supplementing that with ADHD drugs and things like that. And I've been following Robert Kennedy for a long time. As, yep. You know, Bobby, as, and the stuff that he's been able to uncover is pretty, it's dramatic stuff. And I had this conversation with uh, Dr. McCullough, and I go, what part of this are they able to say is, is junk science when the science and the math all show that it ties back to the pharma companies? And he goes, Joe, everyone knows. It's the white elephant in the room. Everyone can see it. Everyone knows. But everyone has just perpetuated this lie, and I feel like those lies keep getting bigger. I mean, now the elections are safe and secure, and you have Tory that literally comes out and says, I fixed elections all over the world. <laughs> and we had such a simple solution for that, hand-counted yeah. paper ballots. I, oh, my gosh. I, you know, it's very simple, and 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 that's the kind of that's the, just the kind of common sense that we need. These are just common sense things. You do things like hand-counted paper ballots, and you've got people who oppose each other counting the ballots together. Yeah, they have to accept that election. It re, it, it is. We don't have to trust each other because we verified it with each right. other. That's right. You know, and and then trust may actually grow from that, and we may trust the system again. Right now, with black boxes, we don't trust the system. The same thing has happened with the FDA, you know, with all the money pouring in and all, you know, the revolving door uh, between the FDA and pharma, there's no trust left. There's nothing left. So we know very simply, if we're funding research for the American taxpayer, let the American taxpayer decide uh, what's going to get funded. Okay. Don't let pharma come in and, and get it. And by the way, don't sell your patents to pharma. Don't do that. Those are owned, should be owned by the American people. That's it. Uh, so we, we have some we have some skill and and uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. knows this. There's the man to put in charge of the FDA to figure out how bureaucratically it needs to be structured, what kind of checks and balances and what went wrong. He has dedicated his life in recent uh, decades to these problems. We got our expert. We got our man. He needs to be in there and he can he can oversee our drugs, our food. You know, he's somebody who's trusted because he's taken a hit. He crossed the Rubicon. We can trust him. Do I think Robert Kennedy's perfect? Probably not. You know, so what? He's no, a good man he is who a good did man. a good thing, and he knows what he, and he, and he can fix it for us. If he gets into something like that, I know what happens. See, that's why I'm trying to prime people. Because what happens if you step up, you get trashed, right? They're going to pick something out of your past. Who are you talking to? <laughs> They're going to track you, right? So I just want people to understand. And, and Trump actually taught us something, right? He actually taught us something very good. He just barreled forward. Things came up. We did this. He did that. So he had some bad behavior. He had the, he had the people's interest in heart when, when he tried to fix trade, when he tried to bring manufacturing back to this country, when he tried to get jobs, when he renegotiated NAFTA. You know, so... You know, and, and I, there's lots of reasons to not like Trump, but there's lots of things that he did that really helped our country uh, in a lot of ways. And now we look at the disaster that is Joe Biden at this point, a senile, doddering fool who is our president. I, I hate to be too harsh, but I mean, it's just true. That's and not, I, that's not too harsh. That's actually not harsh enough. You can go a little further okay. if you want. Let's go a little. Okay. Right. So, you know, <laughs> Joe Biden needs to leave. He should never have been run for president. I say that in that way uh, for a reason. We should have had a young, 
person who had a brain that could really function and really think and really act and not somebody who's controlled by all his handlers, you know, they have to show him off the stage. Yeah. So speaking of that, I want to play a couple things for you. We have this one, which is where he says that the pandemic is over. This was just over two weeks ago. Uh, let's go ahead and play this. It's just 23 seconds. Uh, cut one. Mr. President, first Detroit auto show in three years. Yeah. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's But the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one... Wait, it gets it's better. Okay, that's good. Yep. It, it gets better. Here is the blubbering fool himself um, getting another vaccine. I, I thought maybe he was going to fall over. He didn't, though. Ah, Got it. Go ahead and play cut two. Say again. No, I don't think. I, that's a local judgment. Thank you. Did he say vaccine mandates were a local judgment? Yeah. Is that what he said? Yeah. Oh, oh God. Oh, I did not see that. I, I wait, what, when is that clip from? Today. Oh, he got a T shot today? Today. He got a shot today. Oh. So we still got well, a chance that he's going to fall over dead in the next 48 yeah, hours. Uh, he's going to turn blue. I, well, there's, there's different periods of time. So watch for something in the first 48 hours. Then watch for something at three weeks, and then watch for something at five months. So there are there are these periods of time that we see things happen. So this immediate forty-eight hours is obvious, right? But there's really something that happens after about three weeks. I'm not sure quite what it is. And then at five months, that's where you're going to see the cancers. You're going to see the endothelial cells have, have been wrecked, and you're getting clotting. That type of thing starts happening after about five months. So. We'll watch him. Mark my words about those time frames. We'll, you know, watch at those periods. I wouldn't be surprised if in five months he's gone. Well, if he got the vaccine. Yeah, if he got the vaccine. It could be, he could be anything in that syringe, right? It could be fentanyl. <clears throat> yeah, probably well, nothing. Uh, yeah, that would have kicked him over, but you no, know, <laughs> saying, yeah, I mean, I believe a lot of this is fakery. I believe a lot of them have gotten sailing. If, if they have any idea what's in this and what it does, you know, it basically turns on, it has an on switch to start developing spike proteins and trigger your, you know, auto, your immune response. There's no off switch, folks. That's the problem. There's no off switch. It turns on and it just runs. There's no off switch. So, so this is him today, too, saying that COVID is now a global health emergency. Let's go, ahead, let's go ahead and play cut three. This is You can't make this stuff up. Some of our friends in Congress say we don't need COVID funding, or they say there's really no reason that the government should be paying for it. I strongly disagree. Strongly disagree. This is a global health emergency. If we really want to put COVID behind us, we have to keep up the fight together. Well, <laughs> first thing I saw in that picture, Javier Becerra is in the background. He's biting on his lip to keep from laughing, right? Yeah. I mean, this, is, this is crazy. So Javier Becerra knows this is nuts. You know, COVID, what, what is in the foreground right now is RSV, is flu, is a lot of things. And they've caused it by the weakening immune system. They've weakened the, the whole population's immune system. You know, folks, go take care of yourselves. Figure out how to eat right, live right. 
uh, you know, get those immune systems built up because we're seeing RSV exploding kids. One of the things we noticed was the school teachers. When they went back, you know, they get the shot and it all kind of happened at once around here. They get the shot, a lot of them get vaccinated. Immediately, the thing that showed up a few weeks later in the kids was a huge explosion of RSV. This was last year. Now we got it again this year. So there's something going on when adults get the shot that the kids are getting RSV. Something is happening there. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I'm just observing what's happening in the school system. And I was just reading RSV is going crazy again. So we have done something really, really wrong in terms of public health. This is a public health disaster. Well, and the White House keeps doubling down on stuff, even though they're walking past all the science. Now, my doctor told me, you need to get the COVID shot. Actually, I went in there because I had to get a procedure. And he's like, don't worry, while you're under, I'll give you the COVID vaccine. I, I almost put him through the wall. I was pissed, mm. right? Mm. But even he now is like, well, Joe, I'm not even going to talk to you about it. I'm really sorry I even brought it up. I thought it was being funny. You obviously didn't think it was funny, but I'm, I'm losing patience. He told me, he's like, I'm losing patience. I was yeah. like, well, come on, come on my show. He goes, I can't do that. I'm not allowed to do that. Yeah. I work for Kaiser. I can't do that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that not allowed to tell the truth, not allowed to tell the truth. Yeah. Well, you know, doctors, uh, you know, historically doctors were practicing in small practices. The big healthcare systems have bought them all up. There are very, very few independent doctors out there at this point, whereas more than half of them back, you know, 30 years ago were independent. So they've destroyed the profession. And I did not realize that electronic medical records was such, was such a problem either. I, I mean, I thought that just would bring efficiency, but instead what it's brought is surveillance of what the doctors are doing. So if they make a decision that somebody on high at the CDC doesn't like, such as prescribe a patient ivermectin, that doctor becomes a target. Uh, Meryl Nass today was defending her license up in Maine, if you know Dr. Meryl Nass. Yes. I wasn't listen i wasn't able to listen to much of the hearing because it kept getting interrupted and shut down but i really wanted to hear what she had to say and the, the, a number of our prominent doctors were up there defending her uh, robert malone i believe uh paul merrick pierre corey some of the ones i mentioned earlier peter mccullough you know they were they were weighing in that you know she's making the right decisions for her patients and she needs to be allowed to do that not allowed it's her right to do that it's her hippocratic oath to do that Sorry, I used the wrong word there. I mean, that's her duty to do that. And the fact that these assholes are coming after her and trying to strip her and stop her from practicing, you know, I, and, you know, and she's, you know, she's had a, a long and effective career. And, and I, I mean, I'm just, I'm literally sick about that too. That's going on today. And I, I've met Meryl as well. And I, I think she's just a wonderful, wonderful person. Well, I, I want to... Uh, I have so many different directions I want to go, but I want to show you this because I think it's, it's important. The White House today put this out. Avoid a spooky Thanksgiving. Get your annual COVID vaccine shot before Halloween. And this is the video. Uh, let's, let's, play, let's, play this, let's play this video. Warner, what did you just watch? It's demonic. Mm. 
Mm. I, I, you know, I mean, I, you can tell I'm actually a little speechless, and I've had a lot, of, a lot of, a lot of words tonight. I, I don't know what to, I really don't know what to say. Demonic is is an appropriate word here. Evil is an appropriate word. You know, they're they're just instilling fear, and I, I hope everybody understands why they're doing that. When we're fearful, we're controllable. Okay. Right. It's, a, it's, a, it's problem, reaction, solution. Problem, reaction, solution. Just remember those words. They created a problem which generates fear and stress. We're reacting to it, and then they come to us with a solution, right? Hitler came to you with a final solution. I'm afraid that uh, the shots are a final solution for many, many people. Uh, hundreds of thousands of people, the shots are the final solution. So when government comes to you and says, they know what's good for you. Don't trust them. Trust your own eyes. Trust your friends. Trust your family. And it's very interesting to me that the most educated people in this country seem to have fallen for this the hardest. The working men and women, those New York sanitation workers, they didn't fall for this junk. They knew it because they, they just they live in the reality. You know, we have a lot of our intellectuals that are living in some alternate reality they played the they played along with the program to get to where they are and when the program says take the shot they're just going to go right along with it like lemmings over the cliff well and you know we're, we we try to just make we try to make sense of it i try to talk and, and i'm gonna i'm gonna share something with you my son got vaccinated and then never told me yeah right and i remember the day that he told me I was so angry when I, and he did it so that he could just go about his life because they shut down the school. Yeah. They shut down the school. They said, you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. You can't have a life. You can't, the pressure. So I called the school and I said, if something happens to my son, God help you because he's the only one that can. Yeah. But the, the fear that I have is that five months, that, you know, that, that 48 hours, three weeks, five months. Can I have kids I, now? I, I would talk to a functional medicine doctor, I, and we can talk afterwards uh, as well if you would like. I think there are some very effective things to, to be done to help people recover, uh, to get the spike out of the system, and to fight that spike. I, you know, I'm going to tell you, my son uh, took a one of the Moderna shots. Uh, we found out about it after he took the first one. And he, he came to us, and my wife had a, a severe health problem in uh, 2019, just before this all hit. And he said, you know, he's 23, he's 23 years old now. And, you know, he did it because he wanted to protect her. And can you imagine... Her reaction, well, my reaction is probably similar to yours. <laughs> but, you know, my wife just said, you are not here to protect me. I don't want you doing anything to protect me. I'm here to protect you. And he has not had a subsequent shot. But, I mean, we've been through the same experience in my immediate family. You know, my oldest daughter and her husband, the grandbabies, no problem there. You know, my youngest daughter, who's 17, uh, didn't, did not take it. My wife is on that like crazy. Uh, but, but our son kind of, you know, we, we didn't, you know we, I, you know, we thought he figured it out. I'm fighting this every day. Right. You know, what's, you know, and, but, but no, he, he did. And, and I, I'm very proud of him for at least listening and listening to his parents a little bit here. And, and we feel like he's going to be okay. But, I mean, I'm worried like you are. What does this do? What's it done? 
you know, and, what are the long consequences? And I hope to God for most of you, there are not long-term consequences, but I've, I've seen so many people injured and, and, you know, let's say half of us are okay, or even 70%. We're still talking about 20 or 60 million people that are going to have severe health problems because of this shot. So, 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 so what, what are the, you know, I know the one of the things you want to talk about was barriers to education. And um, I know that we have a little bit of time left. So I do want to talk about that, especially for young people. You talk about your son, talk about my son, but you know, they're, they're out there just trying to get access to information, dr you know, drinking and eating from a fire hose with TikTok videos and everything else. And the mainstream media is, is, is just creating this parroting that's going on. You know, what, are, what are we really facing Warner? Well, we have, I mean, we have talked to, you know, literally just parents that are beside themselves over these mandates with these kids and then the kids as well. So I'll go in, I mean, you know, I'll go into uh, some stories, you know, right, right now. Um, you know, we, we are working with a dental student in the last year of, of her uh, training and they want to kick her out because she hasn't gotten the shot. What, what in God's name, this person has been out there working on patients, training, working with dentists, has been in the, you know, in the, in the uh, doctor, you know, in the office working on people getting, you know, her studies done, and they want her to take a shot for an illness that was around what in 2020 that is no longer here, that's not effective, that can hurt her immune system, is not protective, and it's not safe. Uh, to get to become a dentist. I've got a firefighter, young man, uh, just got fired a couple of weeks ago here in the city of Akron. He actually, the city of Akron did not impose a mandate on its workers, but the hospitals around here where he had to go for just, I think it's four or eight hours to finish up his EMT, emergency medical technician training. He needed four hours, I think, in an ER, working in an ER to get it. The kid's been on the force for a year, saving people's lives, face-to-face -face with them, reviving them, reviving the ones that have fallen over, the ones that are sick. He's been there for a year. And, they, and he's had COVID, and he's recovered from COVID, and we invested as a city in him. And, oh, now we fired him because he couldn't get those last four hours in an, as an EMT in one of the emergency rooms. We fired him. As a city, I mean, I'm obviously working with him. I would yeah, try to, yeah, and sue him to get back in there. But even if he does get back in there, he's black marked for career advancements for all sure. sorts of things, right? And we, and, we and just go ahead. Sorry, it's not only that. I, it, it, here's the thing, and I'm sure this is the same thing happening with the New York City workers. People, these workers love their jobs. They love working for you. They love working for the cities. This young man was 20 years old when he got on the fire department. He was so excited to be launching a career at that earliest stage, a good solid career. His dad's a cop as well, you know? So his family has a history of serving in public service. He was so excited, so proud to be there. His dad's so proud that his son got hired. Do you know what they feel about the city right now? Do you know what those workers in New York that have been completely insulted here uh, since they're firing by, by Adams? I mean, do you know what they feel? That loyalty, it's literally a patriotism, a loyalty to their cities. And, and they, that is... They feel you, betrayed. You 
Yeah, Mayor betrayed. Adams blew it up. How can you not understand this? It's, oh, it's betrayal. Right. It, thank you. Sorry, Joe. No, it, it is. And look, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm usually the one that's not calm, and you're, you're actually getting me. I'm trying to, because this morning I was on fire. I was like, oh. So, I, you know, we're, we're out of time, and I want to be able to pray, pray for you, and I do want you to stay on after if you would, please. Um, but before we get off my pillow, CD21, go there, save up 66%. You save 70% on the sheets. They're twenty nine ninety eight. Go support Mike. Go to my store. Buy the my coffee. Buy the, the whole beans and get the little grinder because it's actually much better, I think. I mean, you get the already grinded, but I like the whole beans. Um, but save up to 66% with code CD21. Um, Warner, I got to tell you, I want to have you back on again uh, just so we can talk more about what's what's happening uh, collectively across the country and, and maybe have you on with uh, Dr. Malone or with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough. Because I think that there's some some things that we can bounce off each other from a doctor side and the legal side, and just work the problem. And, Peter uh, and I are friends. We're friends, by the way. We're in pretty regular communication. He's a good so, dude, man. I'm. And great, I'm on his, be great to go on with him. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll make that happen sometime in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're, we we literally have Steve Bannon to still get on. We got. I mean, how many other people, Apollo? We've. We've got a list of like 40 people to get on in the next three weeks. Uh, yeah, we've got to fit 40 people into 20 shows. <laughs> yeah. So, but we're, we're going to get it done. I do want to get you on, though. I think it's really important, especially before the election, to have you on. But uh, I'm going to pray for you. And then if you'll just stay on, I'd like to talk to you about my son as well. But uh, okay. that's okay. Father God, thank you. Thank you for Warner. Thank you for the, the commitment that he's made. Thank you for his heart. Thank you for the wisdom you bestowed upon him and the gifts that you've given him in the legal field. Father, thank you for the patience that you've put upon him. Thank you for the stamina and the courage by which he operates. And Father, thank you for the ethics by which he keeps as his moral compass. Father, I would just ask you to put a blessing around and a hedge of protection around Warner. I would ask you to protect him, protect his clients, protect the other lawyers that are working on these important cases. Protect them that they may be protected by any outside influence that could influence their ability to take this case all the way to the end. Protect them from the ability to be harmed. Protect their health, their heart, and their mind, Father. I would just ask you to guide and protect them as they do great work in order to protect the people in, in our country. Father, I would ask you to, to bless those people that have taken the COVID shot. We know that th this is doing terrible harm to our community, but I would ask you to miraculously heal some of these people and to take away some of the ailments that have been created. Father, I would just ask you to be with the families that have lost loved ones and help them to pick their head up on the mission of holding our government, holding these really bad people accountable, holding these pharma companies accountable. Father, I would just ask you to give the bullhorn to those people that are out there talking about what's happening, not just in, in the COVID, but in the pharma community, in their government apparatus, in our election systems. I would just ask you to strip away these lies and only expose truth to everyone in our nation. Father, thank you again for the opportunity we have to be together. Thank you for the time that Warner gave us, and thank you for those that listen. They can take this and become the ambassadors of truth and push this out to others in the community. Father, thank you for all that you've given us and allowing us to be born at a time such as this to restore you to our community, to our country, and to the world. 
I ask for all of these things, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So I, I uh, stick around. I'm going to close out with everyone, and then um, I'll come right back to you. But Warner, thank you okay. again. God bless you for, for being on the show today. Thank you. It is your obligation to share. It is your obligation to be an ambassador of truth. It is your obligation to stand up and stand in the gap as a person of interposition in a place of interposition between those that would do harm and those that they want to harm, our brothers, our sisters, because that's what they are. We stand shoulder to shoulder, and this morning I got really, really upset over what they did to that woman on the streets in L.A. where a man who had committed an assault went out and raped another woman about that man that was wearing a shirt Hispanic man wearing a shirt, talking about Rubio, wearing a hat for DeSantis, where four cowards attacked him. We have an obligation to stand up and to grow these things called balls. And I'm going to tell you that if you're a man and you can't stand up for your brothers and sisters in the community, then what good are you? If comfort is the only thing that you're looking for, you're not living, you're existing. So I'm putting it on all of you to get in the gap and do the things that are necessary in order to protect our communities and protect those around us. Speak with courage. Become an example. Show people the fruit of your labor that shows how you commit and are willing to commit to protecting those around you that may not stand up for you, but it's necessary and it's the American ethos. It's what we have as a soul of our nation. So that's it. I'll see you guys tomorrow at 10 a.m. God bless you all. And remember... We do win in the end. God wins. But we are the tools that he has made born at a time such as this so that we can give back and do the hard work. God bless you all. If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com, on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the daily fax blasts, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America.